morning, and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Beaknecks. Good morning. Johnny. Yes. Got some exciting news today out of the Washington State University Entomology Department. Okay. Uh, head entomologist Steve Shepard yes. has developed the world's first sperm bank for honeybees. That's good. Uh, yeah. I think. It, no, it is. It is. That's entomologist, not etymologist. Oh, I'm a writer. Yeah, yeah no, bugs, not words. Yeah. Yeah. No, but but people who pay attention to things, mm-hmm. and it's not everybody. But uh, I have been worried for years now because of there's there's been a uh, uh, what's called colony collapse disorder. Yes. Which causes uh, honeybee populations to just kind of... Just collapse. You just give up and lay down and die. Exactly. Yeah. And for a for a long time, they you know there were various you know theories put out. It, it's been pretty much yeah. linked to like fungicides at this point. Yeah. The, the the current research says yeah the fungicides are the yeah yeah, yeah. stuff that was labeled as not harmful and guess yeah. what but so but so they're they're finally uh, storing samples to to better breed honeybees because you know breeding insects is you know. Normally, it's just you put them in a jar together. Yeah, and it's not as well developed as, like, dog breeding or cattle breeding or something. You know, well, it's not a thousand-year-old tradition. You can jerk off a dog. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, they've got some new techniques now. I was about to say, what is their uh, what is their technique? Oh, actually? about about getting the semen out of bees? Yes, how, do you, uh, how do you extract it? Um, I don't know if they go into... Yeah, the art, the AP article doesn't really go into great detail about that, uh, um, but the uh, it's more about the preservation method, which is uh, they're putting it in liquid nitrogen tanks. Well, that's how you freeze stuff. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot in. Yeah, no, there's not much in here about jerking off bees. Um, <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I assume you don't so much jerk them off as use very tiny needles to just extract it. Yeah, I assume you you extract it. I, I mean, you can't just put your your fingers down there and and masturbate a bee. Of course, well, that would be stupid. <laughs> yes, but I mean, like, do they build a like a pile of eggs, like a fake pile of eggs with a little hole in it for them to fertilize? Or no, look, it's not like we don't know insect anatomy. They don't have an exact correlation to balls. Yeah. But there's a chamber inside, you know, the guts of the bee where semen is. And you have small enough equipment, you can get at it. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. But, um... I'm just saying, that's how they, they do horses. They just have this, like, horrible leather tube that they <laughs> slide onto the horse, and then they wave some, some urine from a mare in heat under its nose. Well, yeah, but a beacock, or... <laughs> Not a beacock. A horse cock is fucking enormous. Yeah. That's why, like, that's why they call it a horse cock. Well, I, I assume that the technology can be scaled down. It's not advanced stuff. It's a tube. <laughs> does a bee have a dingus? Is the question. I don't know. Or this does is... it just have a hole where it squirts the semen out of? Well, it has to do something to get that to get it out. I, I mean, there's obviously a biological process involved. Maybe it has to do a special bee dance to make it shoot. I don't know, okay? I don't know, because I'm not the scientist making this. This reporter had a golden opportunity to ask these questions and fucked up. Look, all right, yeah, but the article isn't about preferred methods of semen extraction. It's it's about the, the, the sperm bank itself. How is that not at the heart of the operation? 
<laughs> Apparently, well, okay, if the news focuses on the fact that they have a new way to store it, yes. then logically one could extrapolate that people already knew how to get it. All right, so any uh, any apiarists listening to this? It's like it's like you knew. I mean, you knew how to get milk before refrigerators were invented. So when refrigerators were invented, it's like, oh, we have a new way to store milk, so it keeps way longer. Yeah, there's not in the article announcing the invention of the refrigerator. There's not like 500 words about cow udders. Well, no, because they knew that already. <laughs> well, yes. Okay, you see, you see the the, the correlation there. But cows are big and everywhere. <laughs> you know, everyone's seen at least a picture of a cow. We all know where the milk comes out. I don't know how to masturbate a bee. <laughs> You're saying even if it's known amongst the entomology community, because it's not what you would classify as general human knowledge. Yes, I think you might the, want to touch on it. I think it's the obligation of the press to bring this information to us. Fair point, fair point. Well, it's it's good that uh, we're calling them out in, in our own public forum. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> That's all I got on bees. Well, you don't got what I want about bees. So. <laughs> I, I, look, we can cut to a segue, okay? I can stop. Get out my phone, do some research on bee ejaculation, and see what I come up with. I don't care that much. <laughs> okay. I mean, like, it's a casual interest, but at the same time, who gives a shit? So. There's probably a video on YouTube. Awesome. I assume, right? Oh, man. Although, anytime you look up any kind of, like, you know, internet joke on bees, you get a lot of crap. Well, so. this is no joke. This is science. Yeah. So You'll have to find the real... Jack off video. <laughs> I'm picturing the fake one and it's amazing. <laughs> it's just a dude in a bee suit. <laughs> ah, caramba! <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a bubble, bubble bee man. It's a guy from dressed, the Simpsons. It's a guy cosplaying as Bumblebee Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch that particular. Anyway. By God. Yeah, let's roll a topic because I've stopped caring about this. Okay. So. That's good. That's how we get to most topics. Yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate my ability not to give a shit. Okay, 14. Mm. 14. That is a reasonable roll. Yeah. So what do we got for 14, Johnny? Famous last words. Submitted by Cassie in Salton, Washington, friend of the show, etc. All the titles, write them in later. Thank you, Cassie. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And famous last words. There's, famous last words. There's a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, famous last words is the thing you say before you die. That's an easy one to define. Yes. Yeah. Or more, you know, more generally and more slangily. Uh-huh. It's the thing you say in a moment of hubris before it all goes to hell, even if you survive. Well, I mean, if you survive, they're not your last words, though. Well, like yeah. Potential but, famous last words. You know, it's like, well, I'm sure this won't go wrong. <laughs> famous last words. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not as interesting because those people all fucking live and who cares? Yeah, I mean, that's, even if they die, they say some stuff before that and it's not as cool. Yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of cheesy. Like if I just, you know, right now said what could possibly go wrong yeah. and nothing goes wrong, that's not much of a story. Yeah, I know. I'm sure the shrimp at this diner is fine to eat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you puke a lot, but you live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I'm, I'm sure this Taco Bell isn't the one that gives everyone diarrhea. The one? <laughs> That's every Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. The, yeah. Uh, you know, even if, I mean, you don't die from that. You just, you just feel like an idiot for your hubris. Sure. And yeah. what a shitty thing to apply hubris to, Taco Bell. Not conquering Asia. <laughs> <laughs> well, just statistically, more people eat a Taco Bell per year than conquer Asia. Yeah, nobody's done that. It's going to be... It's really hard. I know. It's, it's really big, and there's billions of people there. Well, there were less back when people were still trying, but then they didn't have cars, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's a... There's always something. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, so let's get into the, the real ones. But, uh, yeah, actual famous last words, and there's a lot of, a lot of, yeah. well, famous ones. But the thing is, for a, a famous last words to work, yeah, like, someone has to be paying attention when you die. Yeah, someone's got to be around. Yeah. So, like, for example, when Elvis Presley died, yeah. he was found alone. Exactly. So the closest you can come to is like the last press conference he did. Yeah. And then he probably said something to a cab driver that wasn't written down. Yeah. But it's like the thing that if Elvis said something amazing before he croaked, there's no record of it because no one was there. Well, Elvis died on the toilet, so chances are his last words were, oh man, this is going to (laughs) suck. Quite possibly. Or, you know, it could have been anything. It could have been turtles, man. Turtles. Like, we don't know. Yeah, we, he could have been really deep in thought about something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's not preserved. So so you, you need someone sitting nearby writing it down or someone recording it or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and actually using recording equipment around someone who's dying is generally frowned upon. It depends. I, I mean, mean, unless the person requests it. And even then, people are like, think of the children and uh, who cares. Yeah. But uh, we, when we received this topic, uh-huh. we, of course, compiled a list of some good ones I... to uh, fill out the show. Yeah, it turns out they're all over the internet, and yeah. uh, you know what? We don't need to make up famous last words. We can actually read some. Yeah. Okay. So you want to go first? You want to pull one from the list? And uh, let, actually, let's open the list. Let me ding okay. dong. And, okay. Uh, okay, we got it, we got it, we got it. Okay. okay. Well, here's one of my favorites, okay? I mean, okay. In, a, in a dark sort of way. It is is and this is one of those ones that was recorded specifically because no one was expecting it to happen. Okay, all right. Is uh in in the nineteen seventies, uh there was a, a morning newscaster named Christine Chubbuck. Okay, okay, and she I forget why she was suicidal. I didn't do a ton of research. But she had this whole thing plotted out, right? All right. And didn't tell anybody. She's on live morning news, and she says in her announcer voice, "There's, as far as we know, there's no surviving tape of this. Damn. But it's been written down, obviously. She says, in keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts and in living color, you are going to see another first, attempted suicide. At which point, she pulls out a gun and shoots herself in the head and dies. And these are remembered as her last words, so yeah, obviously, she died. Yeah, yeah, it's very clearly her last words. And then they, they, you know, cut to the station ID, and then someone comes out a couple minutes later and goes, Uh, so that happened. (laughs) I assume. Yeah, because you see, there's the, there's the, of course, the gif of the newscaster shooting himself. Right. And everyone assumes that quote is from that guy. Mm-hmm. And I assume there's video of that as well. 
But the but the video is always just like you know spliced in with a bunch of fucking gross STD photos and deformed fetuses and shit. It's always just part of some crappy shock site. Well, yeah. So there's... you never get the context for it. You just get the blood. Yeah, there's, a, there's usually a lot of gobbledygook, you know, yeah. you're, you're looking at, you know, fucking 4chan or something. Exactly. But, like, and, and, and because of just what live TV is... Oh, yes. You'll get that. There was there was the, the insane suicide last year on the news... Um, and there's, you can, you can go to YouTube and find the video of the guy from Fox News who was, like, talking about it inanely. Oh, yeah. But, uh, they they did that big high-speed chase. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're following him like fucking OJ. Mm -hmm. And he pulls off to the side of the road. They've got the, you know, helicopter camera on him, and he just pulls out a gun and shoots himself. Now, he didn't say anything, because, you know. Who could hear him? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that kind of stuff just comes up every now and again. But for someone who is... Their job is specifically to talk to a camera at a desk. Yeah. To pull something like that. That's, that's a rare, uh, a condensation of elements. Most people are not newscasters. Right. So however they end their lives, it's not gonna be at a news desk, just cause most people never sit at one. Most people aren't just gonna be on live TV. Yeah. In general. I, you know, if I do that on YouTube. As, Who cares? Well, yeah, also I can't upload to YouTube in real time. Yeah. I guess I could do a G chat, but who's going to go to that? Yeah. Probably you guys listening, and that would be a real dick move. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not uploading that shit. I already got to clean up. Fuck that. <laughs> what? It's just blood. It's not bugs. I have no intention of dying. Good. All right. But uh, yeah, the point is the people on live TV are generally neither suicidal nor in mortal peril. Yeah. So you just don't get to see it that much. No, no. And yeah, most of the rest of these are just written down. So uh, why don't you go ahead, jump in on a few. Well, then I'm going to jump in on Karl Marx. Okay. Who said, whose last recorded words at least were, go on, get out, last words are for fools who haven't said enough. Nice. Whose last words were effectively, fuck off and leave me alone and let me die in peace. <laughs> He's like, read my damn book. I'm not going to give you a summary just because I'm dying and you haven't bothered reading it. Yeah, and and you would imagine it's, uh, whoever did that, it, whether it was a nurse or whatever, or, yeah. it was like, all right, well, I guess I'd better, this is a good chance to go in and get a, a you know, a great thinker's last words. <laughs> and he's essentially like, I already wrote a bunch of shit down. Yeah. Go away. He's like, no, it's... <laughs> I'm not even going to say it's not my job to tell you this shit. It's absolutely my job to tell you this shit. And I already have. Yeah. Boom. Done. Yeah. Boom. Cherry pick some quotes. By all means, you'll probably have to read the book to do that. <laughs> Along the line of, of uh, you know, famous writing philosophers, uh, when Voltaire was on his deathbed, ah. uh, a priest was doing the last rites. And he, he asked Voltaire to renounce Satan. You As know, you do. Classic thing. And and Voltaire, cheeky to the last, says, Now, now, my good man, this is no time for making enemies. See, now I like that. I mean... Because, because you know, Voltaire was... Well, we know who he was. He was a... I don't just want to say he was an asshole. That's oversimplifying. <laughs> but he was not an optimist. He was not much of a, a believer in the mores of his time. No, that's fair. 
Did Voltaire even believe in Satan? Almost certainly not. He said that to piss off a priest. Just, I can piss off one last priest before I go. One more zinger. (laughs) Like, I've already infuriated so many. Now it's time for mop-up. Now let's get petty. (laughs) And just in terms of hedging your bets. Oh, I mean, yeah. let's say hypothetically, you, you you say, I renounce Satan, then you die, and then there's Satan standing over your, you know, ghost, and he's like, you know, then Satan's got an automatic zinger to you, yeah. right? You say, I renounce Satan, you die, Satan shows up, he says, renounce this! Yeah, no, I'm sure. You that- don't want to set Satan up. Yeah. No, for I mean, an easy joke. Given the, you know, traditional heaven-hell structure. Right. Okay. Let's say you renounce Satan, but you weren't good enough to get into heaven. Right. You think he's not going to be extra hard on you? Yeah. <laughs> when you get to hell, it's like, we were just going to give you the regular torture. Yeah. But <laughs> you don't like me either. You know, if you had just been evil, we would have just... You know, made you eat hot coals. Yeah. But now we're going to give you the hot suppository. <laughs> yeah, uh, fun fact. If you say hail Satan right before you go to hell, yeah. you still get tortured, but you get free ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, it's, you, you know, it's like when they change shifts. It's like, okay, here's your... <laughs> <laughs> we got you some Baskin Robbins. There's, there's only vanilla. It's available. a little Dixie cup full, and it's just vanilla, but, you know, I mean... But it's better than not having that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> compared to nothing. <laughs> right. Compared to, you know, lava enemas. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to go to hell anyway, you might as well be in the ice cream club. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, Hail Satan is such a sort of predictable last words, and these guys are doing so much better than us. Yeah, no, I didn't find anyone who actually said that. No. I don't know what Anton LaVey said before he died. Mm-hmm. Probably not that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's probably out there. Probably he was like, fuck you, Dad. You know who says, who tends to say cool things before they die? Who is that? And often because they're... They know it might happen, but they're not planning on it. Okay. Is uh, uh, generals and soldiers oh, and whatnot. Oh, my God, yes. One of my all-time favorite last words, which is believed by many to be apocryphal and I don't care. Okay. Was uh, Civil War General John Sedgwick at the Battle of Spotsylvania. Uh-huh. Said to his men while peering out at the enemy lines, <laughs> they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. That's... That's a classic famous last words right there. Yeah, I mean, some versions of it printed as they couldn't hit an elephant at this dist. Ah. ah, Although taken out mid-sentence. Well, that is funny. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I assume he gurgled something going down, but, uh... See, I I feel like in, in that scenario where it's in battle... You're just as likely to bellow or, you know, grunt or something. Yeah. I mean, this was more the preparations for the battle. That was the opening shot. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even if he said something after that, he looks out, he's like, ah, they couldn't hit an elephant at this distance. Anyway, men, get your guns ready and get your powder and your musket balls or whatever we use in this time period. Right. Nobody's remembering the second part. Yeah, no, no. Because the the second part part isn't the cruel, ironic part. (laughs) You know, that's that's not the the hilarious bit there. So Yeah. Yeah. Now, my personal favorite 
Famous last words. Okay. Always come from people who are being executed <laughs> and are so beyond giving a fuck. Yeah, it's like, I'm a bad man. You're going to kill me. I can't stop this. Cause, because it's it, it's public, like, uh, uh, public executions yeah. are always planned. Yes. So you're already a convicted criminal. You've been sentenced to die. You have time to think about it, and then they ask you. What you want. So, and, and a lot of, to be fair, a lot of guys will say, you know, like, they'll say something about God, or their families, or yeah. I'm innocent. Yeah. And that's kind of boring. It's the ones that don't care. Yeah. That are zingers. Um, so, we, we got a few of those. So, hell, we can break it down by method of execution. All right. Okay. So, uh, uh, Carl Panzerum, who was a serial killer, yes. he, he just, he says, hurry up, you Hoosier bastard! I could kill ten men while you're fooling around! Yeah, fuck you, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> he just sticks it, he's just like, ah, you're from that state I don't like. <laughs> just, just, uh, yeah. You root for the wrong college basketball team, <laughs> and I am carrying that to the fucking grave. <laughs> When John Wayne Gacy was executed, he just said, kiss my ass. Yeah, so, you know, if you ever felt bad for him, don't. Yeah, well, yeah, you know. Um, okay, but so you got firing squad executions. See, those are fun because you can make fun of the guys. Yeah. Because there's always a chance. There's always the slim chance yeah. they'll miss. You're blindfolded and then there's like ten nervous guys with guns. Yeah, well, only one of which is usually loaded so that like none of them has to carry the guilt. Right, yeah. right, yeah. There's always a chance nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah. So Robert Erskine Childers... Uh, facing his firing squad, says, Take a step or two closer, lads. It'll be easier that way. There you go. <laughs> James W. Rogers, when uh, asked about his last request, said, I done told you my last request. A bulletproof vest. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That is, like, he wanted... Yeah, I don't know if they gave him a bulletproof vest, yeah. but I hope they had a trombonist there to get sad for him. <laughs> Or I mean, well, at least a drummer, you know, just to fire off one last rim shot before he goes. I mean, it's a groaner, but come on. How do you know? That is a weak fucking joke, but so perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's the thing. There are so many jokes that are not good mm -hmm. that, given the perfect set of circumstances, right. transcend and become brilliant. Yeah. As I have bemoaned in the past on Twitter... Uh-huh. In my life, mm -hmm. I have had one time, one chance mm -hmm. to use the phrase, your mom seems to like it, uh -huh. and really mean it. Right, yeah. And I didn't take it. <laughs> and and if you told that story now, it would be meaningless It to would the be listeners. like, oh man, this boring-ass sequence of events happened to me, and here's what I almost said. How yeah. fucking great am I, bro? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. That's like all those that. times I, I didn't think of something witty to say to a bully in school. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It's, you know, you think of the perfect response ten minutes late. Yeah. yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Become unstuck in time, like in Slaughterhouse-Five, and go back to my 12-year-old body? And just, like, zing him real quick. Billy Pilgrim never could do that. No, no. He never really managed to control it that no. well. And people even, you know, think about what they're going to say should their execution come around and come up with jokes like that one. Mm -hmm. Just on the off chance that you'll get to use it. Right. 
Like, there was a, a comedian named uh, Dick Gregory who, in either the 1950s or the early 60s... Okay. So that makes this joke much funnier. Mm-hmm. Had a joke about, you know, what his last meal would be on death row. Okay. And it was, you know, well, I'd like a bottle of wine. What year? 1994, and I'm prepared to wait for it. Ah. Uh, yeah. Zing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My favorite execution jokes. Okay. And it's a rarity. It's like an eclipse. (laughs) When a man is sent to the electric chair, and he happens to have a name that lends to a hilarious pun. When his name is Pun Ready. Found two of them, okay? Oh, shit. You ready for this? So James French... Uh Uh-oh. As he was being strapped in the electric chair, said, How's this for a headline? French fries! See, that's a solid headline. That's that's a pretty good headline. That's a, that is a pretty good headline. I mean, I don't think there was a New York Post back then when this happened. Right. And if there was, I doubt he was executed anywhere within the sort of New York City media sphere. I think it was Oklahoma or something. And yeah. I and I doubt that his uh, his case was big enough to be, you know, national news that would reach the post. Right. But my God, if he didn't write the ultimate New York Post headline. Yeah, if there was a sleazy daily in Oklahoma back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, they had to use that. I mean, and I'm sure there was a reporter in the room who was just like, oh, hell. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry, sir, we don't get to pick the headline. (laughs) Someone else writes those. (laughs) But, you know, she probably wrote down the quote. Yeah. And then... Of course, you know, the, the, the paper gets it. It's like, oh my god, his last words were this. We're gonna obviously, we have to. Use yeah, them. totally. Yeah, that's, that's just, you can't not put that in. And He's then like, some disingenuous state senator comes down on the paper for the, the liberal media giving in to the demands of murderers. Well, I, I, see, I don't know if they were like that in the 60s. That would definitely happen now. Yeah. 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 And, and th- there was another guy, it's not quite as funny, but a guy whose actual name was George Apple. Yeah. Said right before before they flip the switch. Well, gentlemen, you are about to see a baked apple. <laughs> now, that's not as funny, but I feel like if you're being executed and your name is food... Or part of food, yeah. Yeah, you, you're yeah. kind of obligated. Yeah, no, the uh, James French could have also gone with a French toast joke, you know. And <laughs> that would work, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the headline could have also been French toast. Yeah, you know? actually, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, if, yeah, if your name is delicious and they're putting you in the electric chair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Put your pride aside. Right. Stop worrying about your appeal and your, you know, your prison pen pal and just go for the zinger. Like, I, I don't even know what else to say to that. It's like so rarely do we get a chance for a zinger before we die. Yeah, I no. mean, like occasionally someone who's not, who doesn't see their death coming, yeah, you know, works in a zinger. But generally, they're people who are going to be doing that whether they're dying or not. Right. Oscar Wilde, who we have here on the list, uh-huh. before he died, said, "My wallpaper and I are fighting a duel to the death, and one or the other of us has to go." Yes, it's just. It's like, you know, a bitch to the end, yeah. complaining about the decorating. And, and you know, that's that's far from the best Oscar Wilde quote. No. But it's like he was still workshopping material to yeah. his last breath. He was, I mean, was that planned? Was that like, this will be a good line to go out on? Or was it just, this happens to be the last zinger he got out? Right. <laughs> 
before he died. We don't really know because he died right after that. You, you know what can happen, too, if you prepare something profound? Yeah. And then you haven't died yet? There, there's uh, there's a, a passage from uh, Plato, okay? Okay. This is uh, one of the ancient Socratic dialogues. Okay. When, is uh, this uh, Socrates' last when word? When Socrates was dying, okay? Yeah, after he drank the poison, was just waiting for it to kick in. Yeah, he's. Uh, I've got I've got uh, Plato's uh, Phaedo here, or mm-hmm. Phaedo, however you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't speak Greek. So, Socrates drinks the poison, right? Okay. And... He starts, he starts talking profoundly. He says, What is this, you strange fellows? It is mainly for this reason that I sent the women away, to avoid such unseemliness. For I am told one should die in good omen silence. So keep quiet and control yourselves. And if those were his last words. They would have been kind of dignified and profound. Yeah, it's like, wow. We would remember that Absolutely. as the moment that Socrates brought all of Athens to silence. Yes. You know? Even yes. if people out in the streets and in the Agora and shit were still talking. Yeah. We wouldn't remember that. We would remember that as the moment Athens trembled, you know? Absolutely. However. But <laughs> the poison didn't do its job yet. And, and Plato even talks to this. Plato says, his words made us ashamed and we checked our tears. We walked around and when he said his legs were heavy, he lay on his back as he had been told to do. And the man who had given him the poison touched his body and after a while tested his feet and legs, pressed hard upon his foot. And estimate he felt this and, he, and Socrates said no. So so now we're getting into minutia. It's like, yeah. okay, now we're poking him. Are yeah. you dead yet? Prodding his feet with a pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and, feel that? You feel that, dummy? And <laughs> okay. What's up, jelly legs? Yeah, yeah. And then Socrates uncovers his head. They had put a cover on his head, right? Yeah. And he takes the cover off his head. Oh, shit, says all of Athens. And he turns to Credo, and he says, Credo, we owe a cock to Asclepius. Make this offering to him, and do not forget. That's cock as <laughs> and, in rooster. Yeah, like a sacrifice. Yeah. And and Credo says, it, it shall be done. Tell us if there is anything else. And then Socrates is dead. Yeah. So it's like, up so there's the, the fucking douche minutia, yeah. right? And then Socrates thinks of one other task oh, to fuck. mention. Oh, that other thing we forgot to do, remember? Like, yeah, okay, Socrates, we can do that. Yeah. And then thinking, okay, now, now. Now comes the profound last words. Yeah. Like, oh, dead. Walk the dog, and now I die. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to feed the herb. Yeah. Wait, the what? No. So even in ancient times, like three or four thousand years ago, you can have my dirt bike. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. When when the. <laughs> When the nonsense could have been safely erased from history, yeah, and we could have a, a you know apocryphal like profound moment. No, Plato did his duty to history, yeah, and wrote down what was really happening. I mean, and as there, awkward as it was, there is debate over you know how much of Plato's dialogues reflect the real Socrates versus sort of a. 
uh, an allegorical or fictionalized Socrates, you know, are these conversations that really occurred, or are these things that, like, these are, like, you know, what it would have been like to know him, like that fucking Steve Jobs movie. Right. I mean, there's really no way to, you know, cross-reference any of that. But I 100% believe that one was real. Because there's no way he would have put that in if yeah. he didn't have some obligation to the truth. Right, because it hurts the story. Yeah. It's, it really feels like a moment-by-moment account exactly. of that fucked-up day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, and the thing is, real people intermittently from any time from, you know, 400 B.C. to the present yeah. occasionally get some good last words. Sure. Fictional characters get them all the time. Because fictional characters have an arc. Well, yeah, they also have written dialogue. Well, yeah, somebody yeah. gets to decide beforehand. If you don't like what one of your characters said before he died... yeah. You can go back and fix it, and he'll be just as dead afterwards. Yeah. You can just rewind to when he was alive and erase that and write in some new stuff. Oh, well, that's the great thing about fiction. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, hell, if I knew that, you know, I would have a chance to rewrite it... Uh-huh. You know, I, of course I would say, with my last breath, I curse Zoidberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? which is an obscure reference. I wouldn't say it's obscure. People know Zoidberg. Right now they do. Yeah. If you live for another, like, 60 years... Well, yeah. That's going to be a weird old man reference at that point. Well, it was a weird old man who said it. Boom! (laughs) That's true. The fact that I know that will be a weird old man reference in 60 years. Yeah, yeah. It would be... Now, now, Futurama's in its final season right now. Yes. So, yeah, if you're quoting Futurama 60 years from now... Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like we were talking a few weeks ago about people quoting Dobie Gillis. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. No, no one's going to get that reference. No. Yeah. No, I only get it because old people told me about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, not even my dad, like my grandparents... Like, my dad was too young to know what it was. Yeah. Like, I think he I think he was alive when it was on, but, like, not old enough to understand what it was. Like, he was still watching fucking Howdy Doody, you know? Yeah, that's, like, primordial TV. Yeah. That's, like, Lone Ranger and, like, Dick Van Dyke. There was a straight-up beatnik on that show, played by Bob Denver. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Huh. <laughs> young Bob Denver, pre-Gilligan. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But, but yeah, you and I agree. Yeah. On our favorite fictional last words. I, I think so. It, 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 there's a lot of contenders. Yeah. But, uh. But because it's fiction, a lot of those people survive or come back to life because it's fiction and who gives a shit? Right. I mean, when, when Fry says this is a cool way to die, when yeah. he's being like. Carried away by a robodactyl? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's awesome, but Fry doesn't die. No, he, he survives the incident. Yeah. And is, uh, yeah, he, he gets to talk about it later. Yeah, yeah. But had he died screaming, this is a cool way to die, while a robot pterodactyl is carrying you off... Would be a really cool thing to say yeah. as you're about to die in a really cool way. And, you know, nothing anyone says in Marvel Comics counts, because those people all fucking come back to life except Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah. nothing in Marvel Comics counts. No. They, they don't respect their own canon. No. No. But our favorite, speaking of really obscure references that nobody's going to know in 60 years or now... Yes, yes. Our mutual favorite, <laughs> famous last word from fiction... Mm-hmm. ...come from a series called Farscape that nobody yes. has seen except Abed on Community. 
Which is a show nobody has seen except people who listen to this podcast. Yeah, at some point we're going to try to keep get you motherfuckers to watch Farscape. It's, hang, it's awesome. Yeah, like, it starts good, and then you're like, well, maybe not, but hang the fuck in there. Because oh. it gets good and stays good. Uh, it is the most bonkers science fiction show out there. It is a show that drives its main character insane and keeps him that way for like a whole season. Mm-hmm. Our protagonist is an actual crazy person for the entire second season. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. But but one of the best characters, my favorite character he on the series, wonderful. is Ka Dargo. Dargo okay? is the best guy. He's this big, brutal alien, and his backstory is super complex, and he keeps developing. And he's got, like, a beak and, like... Tentacles on his head. And a tentacle beard. Yeah, and a sweet beard, and he's covered in, like, tattoos. He's He's got got a hair beard and a tentacle beard. He does. And And tattoos and big iron rings in his chest. Yeah. 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 And he carries around a sword that's also a gun. Yes. Yeah. And you know all those swords that are also guns that we get from Japan that suck? Mm -hmm. This one works. Yeah. This is the one you wish that Japan had thought of. That's true. This is, like... All those years of hoping somebody invents a good gun sword. Yeah. They did on this show. They mastered it. Yeah. But so, okay, and spoiler alert, but whatever. Yeah. You guys haven't seen it anyway. So the the final movie that ends the series, Farscape, okay, yes. is there's a big war going on. All the characters, blah, blah, blah. It's a resolution of the story, etc. Yes. Uh, uh, they're going through a major battle. They need a stopgap. Uh, uh, Dargo has been injured. He is probably mortally wounded. Yeah. Like, he does not think he's walking away from this. No, no, no. And so he's like, I'm going to stand back and hold him off, give you guys time to escape. Yeah. And the the hero of the series, John Crichton, he, he tur- and they have been through everything together. Yes, they have, including a situation which this next exchange is a callback to. Hell, let's play a clip. Okay. Let's just play the clip. You want to do that? Yes. Yeah. The first Garen you see, you tell him who is daddy. Tell him, Fuck yeah. Fuck yes. Tell him who his daddy is. Yeah. Yeah. I completely approve of that. <laughs> 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 That's a warrior's death. That is. I mean, there's other. There's there's a lot of cool ones. I mean, yeah. you know, like when Spock dies. Yeah. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. And and then he tells Kirk, "You are and always shall be my friend," or something like that. And that means so much from a Vulcan. It is. It's super intense. I mean, it's the whole Spock arc. You know. No, I cry every time. I'm I'm a total wuss. Yeah. Yeah. You know. In the real movie, not in the new one. Who cares? Well, that's not the real Spock. Yeah, well... Spock from an alternate timeline. I know. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I don't think it gets much better than I'm your daddy. No. Yeah. No, if if that opportunity presents itself to go out with that level of a blaze of glory... Yeah. Don't turn that shit down. And and keep in mind, uh, uh, this is right before he faces off against, like, uh, a battalion of, like, a hundred... Huge alien lizard men. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, and uh, lizard men made by the Jim Henson Company. So quality lizard men. Oh yeah. 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 So. I don't think we're gonna beat that. No. I think we're good. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Uh, literally battling the lizard men. No, nobody beats that. No. 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 Yeah. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've dreamed of it, but I just don't think it's gonna happen for me. <laughs> 
And that's fine. I probably wouldn't be very good in that war. <laughs> that's well. I wrote a song about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I we don't we don't need to play that. Let's not. You guys can find the album if you really care. Don't we bother. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, until next week, the last words for this podcast are pretty unimpressive because you can find us at facebook.com/slash breakfast with the beak and uh, <laughs> breakfast with the beak.tumblr.com. <laughs> you know that's going to happen someday soon. Somebody's going to die reading his own social media shit. Oh my god, that is going to yeah, it'd just be like uh, you can tweet us at, at the beak and at Doc Heisenberg and at Beak Network. Follow all of that on Twitter. Yeah. You know, find our Google+. Plus. Well, you don't have to. You know, be like, uh, 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 email us at topicsatthebeak.org. Right now, someone is dying after a joke about Google+. Plus. Wow. That is, I mean, not as frequently as you might expect, but it must happen. Well, there's just not as many people joking about it now. Yeah. So until next week. Yeah. Don't uh, go out like that. <laughs> right. This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome. <laughs>